Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. On today's program, we see that faith is not optimism. Faith believes that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. Faith has an objective, and the object of faith is Jesus Christ. part three of Cheryl's message titled, The Cost, Crucible, and Crown of Faith. You have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now You do not see him yet believing. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. True faith will always be tested. Faith that is never tested by doubt or deficits or difficulties, disasters, disease or denunciations is not Faith. Faith will always be tested. There will always be a crucible. There will always be a test. There will always be a place to choose what Jesus says, to walk in what the promises of God, as opposed to unbelief, as opposed to falling prey. There will always be a crucible, always. George MacDonald, a famous English writer, once said that an honest doubt is one of the greatest steps to genuine faith. Your faith needs to be strong enough to stand up to the doubts and questions of this world and say, I believe, I know in whom I have believed and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. It is by the crucible of faith that our faith is turned to something greater than gold, something imperishable, something invaluable, It is not wishful hoping. It is not self-determination. It is not mind control. It is not supreme optimism. Real faith, faith that is much more precious than gold, will always contain a crucible, a time of testing. Moses went through the crucible of rejection, reproach of the Messiah, Passover, God's wrath, 
the Red Sea surrounded by mountains with enemies bearing down. Rahab went through the crucible of receiving the Jewish spies with peace, of having her home destroyed, her city destroyed, her income destroyed, and assimilating into a new people. Gideon went through the crucible of the Midianite aggression, oppression, and tyranny. Barak went through the oppression, domination, and battle crucible. Jephthah went through the crucible of rejection and war. Samson went through the crucible of betrayal, failure, folly, capture, weakness, blindness, slavery, David went through the crucible of exile, rejection, and betrayal from his own countrymen. Samuel went through the crucible of corrupt leadership, a corrupt king, and a Philistine attack. But it was through the crucible, through the trials, the tribulation, the deficit, the difficulties, the failure, that faith was forged, fortified, and seen. Faith will have a crucible. Others went through the crucible of torture without deliverance, trials of mockings and scourgings, chains and imprisonments, stonings, sawn in two. That is a reference to Isaiah the prophet who um, Jewish historians tell us was sawn in half by Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah the crucible of temptation, the crucible of being slain with a sword. Others were told, went through the crucible of wandering about in sheepskin and goatskins. Some believe that this is a reference to John the Baptist who went about in camel skin, who was imprisoned and murdered by King Herod. Crucible of destitution, crucible of affliction, crucible of tormenting. They went through this crucible. They endured by faith. They were enabled, not exempted, but enabled to endure. To say, you know what? As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to Nebuchadnezzar, this scary, scary man who had a fiery furnace right there, they said, Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to deliver us from your fiery furnace, but even if he doesn't, we will not worship you nor the gods that you have set up. We will only worship the Lord our God. These men were fully ready to go through the crucible and not receive deliverance. Ready for the crucible because it's through the crucible that faith is evidenced, that faith is purified, and that faith becomes more precious than gold. Faith wins its crown through the cost in the crucible. The reward of faith. Listen to James 1.12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation or the man who goes through the crucible, for when he has been approved, 
He will receive the crown of life, whom the Lord has promised to those who love him. Faith enables us to persevere to the crown. God always crowns faith. This is the venue God uses to reward his people. He can't do it on the basis of our righteousness because it's like filthy rags. So he does it on the basis of our choice for faith, on the basis of the crucible we've been through for faith, and on the basis of the fact that we believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Messiah, the only Son of God. This is the faith he crowns. This is the faith he blesses. This is the faith he works through. Faith crowns us with right choices. Faith crowns us with victory. Faith subdues kingdoms. It obtains promises. It stops the mouths of lions. These are the crowns of faith. Faith quenches the violence of fire. Faith saves from the sword. Faith makes the weak strong. Faith makes us valiant in battle. Faith turns to flight the enemies of armies. Faith raises the dead to life. And faith endures testing, trials, and the crucible of faith. Faith. And what is this faith that we're talking about? Again, it's not optimism. It's not just, I have a greater power than you do. No, it is simply this, that Jesus is the only begotten son of God who came to earth and took the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and is risen again from the dead and has proclaimed all your sins paid in full. He is the Messiah. He is the son of God. Faith has an objective and the objective of faith is Christ. The word Christ again is the Greek word Messiah. I think sometimes we need to substitute Messiah for Christ because we don't have the same context. We don't um, see it the same way. We, We see it as a last name. We too glibly say it. But what the author of Hebrews wants you to know is Jesus is Messiah. He's Messiah. He's Messiah. He's Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the promised one. He is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. It's Jesus, Messiah. That's why Paul uses the term Christ or Messiah more than even the name Jesus, because he wants all of his readers, all of those to whom his epistles were written to know this is the Messiah. Jesus alone is the one you've been waiting for. Jesus alone is the one that you need. He is not just the Messiah to the Jews. He is our Messiah, because we needed a savior. We looked for a savior in a relationship. If only I could get the right man, then my life would be blissful. And then all of us marry the wrong man. Mr. Wonderful, 
is still out there wandering the streets somewhere looking for us. And we got Mr. Needs Improvement. We look, we look for the Messiah in our education. Once I get this degree, I'll feel fulfilled. It's everything I've ever needed. And we get that degree. Mm -mm. There are those who think that the Messiah is in a perfect body shape. And they either say, well, I'll never have the Messiah because I'll never lose weight or I'll never work out. Or they try so hard by starvation and exercise to reach this goal of finding the Messiah. There are people who think the Messiah is a political leader. But my dad said, every politician is corrupt. Every politician is corrupt. He said, the minute you put the word politician into the equation, there's corruption. Everyone is corrupt because they're men, because they're men of this world. There is only one Messiah, and that Messiah is Jesus. He is the one that we all need. He is the one we are looking for constantly, that our hearts are restless for. He is the Savior. He is the one that our hearts long for, that we've been looking for. He is the Messiah. I, you know, I just want to challenge you. When you read the word Christ, put the word Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. You need to hear it. He is the one. These Old Testament heroes and heroines accomplished these extraordinary feats not by self-effort, not by perfect behavior, not by abiding by the law, not by the sacrifices, not by the rituals, not by the feasts, not by going to the temple. The common denominator that accomplished these extraordinary wonders through ordinary people was faith in God's promise of a Messiah. That's what he's saying. These Old Testament saints all looked forward to the promise of a Messiah. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, the promise, the Messiah. This is the promise. They didn't receive it, but they looked forward to it. And just knowing that God would send his son as Messiah, looking forward to that promise, enabled, empowered, worked in them. If these saints did these amazing feats by faith in the promise to come, then the potential of our faith and the Messiah is even greater. That's why Jesus said, if your faith is the size of a mustard seed, if you believe in me this much, you can say to that mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. Nothing will stand in your way. Jesus said to Martha, Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God who is coming into the world. Later, when Jesus was being led to the tomb of Lazarus, he said, roll away the stone. And Martha said, 
No, 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 no. Lord, he's been in there for four days. There is such the stench of death. Please don't move that stone. It's bad enough that he died, but really you're just making the situation worse. Jesus turned to her and said, Martha, didn't I say that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? What Jesus is about to do is because of Martha's faith. Did she believe Lazarus was going to rise again? No. She thought he was already deteriorated. She was trying to stop Jesus from even moving the stone away. She didn't think that Jesus would bring life from the worst possible scenario in her existence. But Jesus said, because of your faith, what was her faith? You are the son of God, the Messiah who has come into the world. That's our faith. That's the objective of our faith. That's the power of our faith. That's the faith. That's what we need to believe. And just on that premise, it is what we believe by which Jesus can raise the dead to life. It's on that that Jesus can take us to the worst possible thing that has ever taken place in our lives and take away the stench and take away the death and remove the stone and bring life from the ugliest, stinkiest, grossest place, greatest disappointment, greatest heartache. Jesus can bring life to it because he is the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. The Old Testament saints looked forward to that. We know it. We have read it. We have felt it. We know it. This, this is the power. This is the power. Faith is not a force we harness to exempt us from hardship. Faith is God working in us through the work and word of the Messiah, Jesus. What is humanly impossible, giving a witness and a testimony to the world through our lives of his reality, his glory, and his goodness. But my friends, true faith always involves a choice a cost and a crucible. Perhaps you've thought because of the cost or because of the crucible bowl or because of the choice, this is because I don't have enough faith. No, not at all. Mm-mm. Get that out of your mind. That's the devil. You are at this place, this choice, this cost, this crucible, because you have faith. Because you have faith, it has brought you to this trial, to this deficit. Not to fall, but to obtain a good testimony. You are at this place that Jesus might do the extraordinary in your ordinary lives. I love that and I always make reference to it because it's one of my favorite um, events in the Bible. In John chapter six, when the multitude is there and they're hungry and Jesus turns to Philip and says, where are we gonna buy enough food for all these to eat? 
And Philip says, Lord, even if I went out, worked for a whole year and gave you all those wages and we use that to buy bread, it would not be enough to feed this multitude. Deficit of time, deficit of money, deficit of resources. And Jesus, it says this, and this is one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. He said this for he himself knew what he would do. In your trial, in your crucible, in your choice, in your cost, Jesus himself knows what he's going to do. This is your crucible. This is the testimony. I remember when one of my daughters was not even walking with the Lord, a friend of mine called me and she said, she's making her testimony. I said, I never wanted her to have one. This is their testimony. Our children, we have to give them to the Nile. But we're not giving them to the Nile. We're giving them to Jesus. That they might be saved from the Nile River. They might go into Pharaoh's house. They might do every, be, go every place you never wanted them to go. Learn everything you never wanted them to learn. But it is God grooming them to associate with the reproaches of Christ rather than the riches of this world. It's faith. It's faith that's going to help you to make the right choices. It's faith that is going to help you to pay the right cost. It is faith that is going to bring you through the crucible and give you in the stead, in the place, across the forgiveness of our sins and a crown, an association with the King of heaven, a commendation from Jesus himself. As we're told in 2 Timothy 4, 8, 1 Peter 5, 4, Revelation 2, 10 and 3, 11. A purified faith, a faith that has paid the cost and gone through the crucible is more precious than gold that perishes. Faith is the greatest treasure that we can have in earth. And when we get to heaven, it is faith that furnishes our mansion. It is faith that will provide the rewards that we will receive. Someday, someday, our faith will be sight and the realities that we choose to believe today will be our surroundings and completely and utterly undeniable. But now is the time to choose costly faith, to go through the crucible by faith, to win the crown that Jesus the Messiah has prepared for each one of us, something that is better than gold. It's interesting, we sang, it is well with my soul, but we didn't sing the last verse. And I was so excited when they started singing it. I was like, oh, and here comes the verse. But they stopped. The Lord having had something better for us, right? Just like the Old Testament saints, they came up to the point, but we get the last verse. And this is it. Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. 
The clouds roll back like a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. There will be a day when faith will be sight. When all these realities that we believe today will be utterly undeniable. But even so, even so, right now, it is by faith. It is well with my soul. Hebrews 11 is filled with Old Testament heroes and heroines who did extraordinary feats for God, not by self-effort, perfect behavior, or abiding by the law, but the common denominator that accomplished these amazing wonders was faith in God's promise of a Messiah to come. The promise didn't come in their lifetime, but they looked forward to it. Today, we see the promise fulfilled because Jesus already came to die for our sins, and we look forward to the promise that Jesus is coming again. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at the marathon of faith as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.